0: Hello, welcome to the Smarticle podcast. Each day on the show we take an interesting idea or topic and dissect it. All we ask of you is that you give us 15 minutes so that we can entertain you and maybe just maybe you might learn something new.
1: Here's the headline: Managing oneself. Success in the knowledge economy comes to those who know themselves, Brandon, their strengths, their values, and how they best perform. This is written by the great Peter F. Drucker in the Harvard Business Review. Let's put on our smart hats today, everybody.
0: Well, did you actually know who Peter F. Drucker was? Did you ever heard nope. of him? Never yeah, he's really him. famous. The famous like Austrian business dude who he's wrote Famous a bunch like of books.
1: Napoleon Dynamite, famous or less?
0: Maybe okay. a little bit more famous in business circles than Napoleon Dynamite. Mm But I'm I'm just spitballing here, but I think is he
1: woke? Is he mega?
0: I hope he's a big Trump. I think he died in 2005, so he's probably neither or.
1: Okay.
0: I love this. By the way, this is probably I've always said my favorite article. This is my favorite article we've ever done. I've already sent this out to four people. This is
1: too much. I almost want to feel like this is a two parter, but let's just try to get through in one. Yeah. So don't go super down the rabbit hole on all your theories, okay? History's great achievers: Napoleon, Da Vinci, Mozart. Have always managed themselves. That in large measure is what makes them great. But there are rare exceptions, so unusual, both in their talents and their accomplishments, as to be considered outside the boundaries of ordinary human existence. Throughout history, people had little need to manage their careers. They were born into their stations in life, or in recent past, they relied on their companies to chart their career paths. But times have drastically changed. Today, we must all manage themselves. So I was thinking about this idea. How many of your parents' friends worked at one spot their entire lives, then retired? Companies used to look out for people. That's not the case anymore. I love this article because you're right. That's why people switch jobs every four years, because they got to manage themselves.
0: Yeah, and I also think that companies don't take care of employees the way they used yeah, to of anymore. Of course they don't. I mean, you don't stick around for the gold watch. I mean, that, this is, that had been coming. So this article originally was written in 05. And you pull this from the Harvard Business Review. I've already sent this out to like five people. I I just think this is one of the great. It's it deep. It's thick. It took me forty five minutes to get through it, but he yeah. kind of lays out the different personality types and how one is successful in their career. I took so much away from this that to me was very practical and that I want to oh. actually use. You got to go to master that- class. Well-
1: there's just too much here.
0: Yeah, this was a master class for sure. There There's was, too much. but it's good. There was a couple things that struck me. Let's
1: start with this first thought. Most people think they know what they're good at. They're usually wrong. More often, people know what they are not good at.
0: I thought that was brilliant. That's probably true. We we know what we don't like or what we're not good at, but finding and targeting that's what that book, "What Colors My Parachute," was all about. Was yeah. like finding oh, your. I, I never could get through that book. I, I tried like sixty one. times, but it's just like. I mean, there had to be an easier way to do it, but we don't know what our strengths are. We, he all, he talks about a lot of the sort of like our careers and how they roll, and how we start searching for our next career midway through our first career, and just a lot of those things that were in there, like practical steps about understanding who we are. And why we do what we do. This I just love. I'm going to read this article again. I have to read it again. It's so deep.
1: So the only way to discover your strengths is through feedback analysis, and he right. gives a bunch of different tips in that.
0: He says it could. The short version of that is three years. By the way, it takes a long time to to know your strengths.
1: But I think so often in life, whatever it is, work, friendships, church, whatever. Right. Do you just well? A. Do you allow people to give you feedback on your life? That's number one. Do you have close enough friends that are able to share with you about what's going on? And then do you actually listen to what they have to say or do you just plow through it? Are
0: you asking me that question sincerely? I'm asking
1: you, but I I think that's the general question from this article.
0: I would like to think that I take feedback from people. Uh It's not always easily. I don't handle criticism Uh very well.
1: Like, so when I give you post-production feedback, you're always like, hey, Larry, thank you. Appreciate that.
0: Well, what I find interesting about this and the article talked about it was that it has to be a two-way street. You're very, very good at giving critical feedback to people. You're very very bad at receiving critical feedback. Oh, like if somebody said to you, "Hey dude, you need to do X." You I, I don't I had to do. I don't believe uh, you so get nice. all Yes you do. You that's my point. You don't know what you, you're like <laughs> d- in denial and he talks a lot about that. Don't be in denial of your weaknesses or your strengths. So get honest feedback and be willing to listen to that feedback. It really struck me to at least engage in a process of thinking to myself, "Am I willing to hear honest feedback from people?" I work with you every single day at this point in my life. It's a pleasure. No one, I don't work with anybody more than I work with you. God bless America. There have been times where you kick me firmly in the groin. Well-deserved by the way. Well-deserved. And I don't think that's reciprocal, but (laughs) I think that it's when I take a step back and parse out what I think is valuable and what is you just being a jackass. It's very, very helpful to me. You're, You're not good at delivering the news. In fact, you're terrible at it. You're terrible at giving news. But what you're saying is truthful. So I have to separate out ego from what's helpful is what I have to do. So then part B of this,
1: which it goes into, is are you ready to remedy your bad habits? When tells, so Here's the thing. When someone tells you something, you don't ever know if that's opinion. Mm-hmm. Someone had a bad day. But like when four people tell you the same thing, okay, yeah. now you got, okay, you got a bad habit because four yeah. people just don't. Are you ready? Are you ready to work on
0: that? I think the old saying of if somebody walks up to you and tells you you look like a horse, you tell them to go get bent. If five people tell you you look like a horse, you go buy a saddle. So getting as much feedback as possible is really critically important. I feel like I've gotten, I've one, you and I have both talked about this a lot on the show, ad infinitum, about the importance of friendship, especially with males. Like there are so few people that actually have really close friends that they can take feedback from that they can trust and listen to. I have lots and lots of close friends, but a lot of them are just, they just want to talk about their own stuff. They don't actually want to talk, uh, listen to what I have to say. They just want to talk. There, I, there's a number of those people out there, but I do have a certain segment of friends that I feel are really good listeners and really good at giving me positive and sometimes negative feedback, but in a way that I can take because I respect them, because they've invested in my life. Yeah, so that's personal. It's even harder,
1: I think, professionally to find a peer that will give you God's honest truth because we live in this day and
0: age where nobody wants to give the truth. The best boss I ever had in my life was a guy by the name of Jerry Grossman. He fit every single criteria of what this guy talked about of being a good leader. He was an excellent listener. He understood who he was. He didn't promise anything. He just said, I will take that under consideration, basically, and he would listen to you, and he would give you feedback in a way that didn't make you feel threatened. I can't even tell you, he truly, it's like I wish this dude could just clone himself. He wasn't a perfect guy. He had kind of weird interpersonal skills, like he had no friends from work, but he had these wisdom things that he would do. He's like, "Don't." this was when I was a teacher. He was a headmaster. He's like, Brandon, I never go into the faculty room. You know why? Because I want teachers to feel safe to be able to grouse about the boss. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, that is just such a wise vision of it. And I think that he talked about knowing our strengths in terms of are we a listener or are we a reader, and I thought that was that to me was very profound. And he used the example of Dwight Eisenhower, who would was considered one of the great generals, maybe ever, but definitely of World War II. And they said that a big part of being where Ike was, sort of the commander of the whole thing, is you got to deal with the press and you got to be. It's political. It's yep. it's now he's not like out there moving tanks around a board. He's not Patton. He's political, and so he would they. The the press loved him because he would give these thoughtful responses to their questions in the war. But when he became president, he was terrible. The press hated him. They said he didn't. He rambled on. He talked for everyone in saving. And what they found out is that when he was the army commander, he would have his people, all the questions had to be given to him in advance, and -hmm. he would read and prepare to answer the questions. There was no Mm ad-libbing a question. But when he became president, it was all about ad lib. He had to know everything, and he was just terrible at it. I think I'm in the second mode. Like, I'm really good at ad libbing when someone asks me. I'm not great at, like, the reading part. I read, obviously. I read all the time. But I think that I am a listener. I realize, I'm like, no, I'm a listener. I want to hear it over and over. I want to hear it in my own voice. I want to talk it through. That's a big part of my personality is to talk things through. It drives my wife crazy because I got to talk about things.
1: You're an audio processor, and I always say that about you. Yeah, but this
0: is under the sub thing is
1: do you know how you get things done? Like we all do things differently. And this this idea, are you reader or listener is do you
0: know how you go about your process? Well, he talked about the step before that. And I thought this was fascinating because this was this guy was 93 years old when he was writing this or <laughs> somewhere around there. And he was talking about know your learning style. And that is, by the way, another one. Every school out there has this idea of understand your oh, learning no. style. No, just the idea that you cannot... I've always felt like our schools mess up with boys. The perfect example is because boys need to be out moving. In general, you want them moving. But in schools, it's all about sitting in place. That is not a good way to learn. And and I think I thought about all my own academic career, about how many times I was expected to learn in a way that didn't fit my learning style. So understanding that as a business is that everybody that works for you learns differently, prepares differently. So if you try to shove everybody into a... The way you learn, you're not going to be a very effective uh, leader, and that is a hard one to get across to people because they want everybody to learn the same way.
1: All right. This is a really long article. What are my values? Where do I belong? What is? In there? Is there something else that really jumped out to you that you wanted to get into?
0: I think those were the big ones. The second half of the article was all about values and how important values are to being successful in business. He says one of the things he talked about was beware of intellectual arrogance, and what he meant was, don't think that you're like, he was talking about engineers. That engineer's like, I don't need to learn people skills because I'm building widgets and I don't need people skills to build widgets. He was like, that's absolutely not true. If you're in an organization, you need to work on these subsets of sub skills that you don't necessarily have. You need to understand, like, for instance, I am a big thinker. I like to do, I like to have a dream and vision. But what I'm not good at, and I've learned over the years, is I'm not necessarily good at. Finishing the job. I just, I like to think big. I need to work on that subset in my life of actually delivering on the goods.
1: Is this, did you learn this when you were working at the flashcard company? Is that when you learned that? I was waiting for this
0: to come up. What? No, is that, that guy. Was- and by the way, in all seriousness, that guy was a dreamer and not a finisher. And that's what happened to him is that he sold this dream of doing all this stuff in the early years of startups in the internet. And he had a vision And he sold everybody almost like a Svengali. But when it came to actually, everybody kept saying, hey, when are we going to actually deliver on this? He could not do it or he could not answer how we were going to do it. So being aware in the moment, like looking at your people you work with, are they actually able to do this or not? I think that's the second part of the article. I think it's just as important to recognize people around you, what their strengths are.
1: Well, let me get into that was my favorite part is you will have no favorite job if this show blows up. Always when you work for the flash car company was my favorite brand. And <laughs> one of these sublines was responsibility for relationships. Nobody works in a vacuum. You don't do a job by yourself unless you're like an artist. Right. You take responsibility for how you work with others and how they work. And can you navigate that? Because that's a large part of work.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting too, because like we're a two man operation for the most part. Yes. But for a producer, Pat Meaty, Pat Meaty, but Pat doesn't need a lot of feedback. He just kind of does his own things. But you, you are a funny guy. You don't need, maybe we'll just test it out on the air. Maybe Pat can call in. Do you need a lot of strokes from uh, the people you work with, like Ew. to say, hey, you're doing, not those kind of strokes, that kind of thing? Hey, Larry, you're doing a great job at boys, right? Do you need that from people or do you care? I don't
1: necessarily need that. I'm a self starter.
0: Yeah, and I don't need it either. And so it's kind of interesting. Like when someone says, hey, good job on delivering them, I'm like, well, yeah, of course it was a good job. It got delivered. I was thinking about well, what are the things that I need for my coworkers to be successful, and I think for me it's doing a job. Like you're, we started on this show called the Smarticle Obit, which is part of our TikTok channel. That's that's a Larry Olson production. It is fantastic. I think it is one of the best oh, wow. TikTok channels I've ever read. In spite of you good. and everything, it is amazing. And what? Why? What I appreciate about that is that I don't need to tell you to create that. You just created it. It's just really, and it drives the engine of this show. But ultimately, like just seeing you accomplish that and do it is powerful to me.
1: So I'm honored. All right. So I don't normally normally say this on the Smarticle podcast, oh. but Google managing oneself, Harvard Business Review, and you can get this article. I'd, if you're 18, getting your first job, or you're 55, mm-hmm. I think this is a great analysis of yourself and where you're at and who you are.
0: Oh, I think everybody that listens to this show should go out and go, regardless of what you think about our show, this was a, yeah. a super incredibly helpful article. I think it's part of the Harvard Business School, like, book. Like, they were saying yeah. it's part of their 101 important articles or whatever. This is a an incredible, incredible article. Written by the great Peter F. Drucker. You know what the F stands for, man? uh follow us subscribe find us on the
1: internet's what i think that's what it is like subscribe comment on the show brandon thank you for telling us how you work and that you had a great time making no money at the uh
0: memory flag uh Uh, it was it would have been a good finish if you could actually remember what you were gonna say
1: what was it flashcard company that's right thank you Brandon.